0: And tomorrow I say, Joe, how much shall I make out the check for? Because I'm sorry, I insulted you yesterday. And the... Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, the song that played me in is titled Became Daily Today. It is from the album The Ceiling Reposes, and the artist who created this magnificent sound that you listen to is Leah Cole. And let me tell you a couple things. The album is incredible. Her other work is incredible. She also did an album with Macy Stewart that is incredible. I know I keep saying incredible, but it's true. I can't stop listening to this album and her other album. Links to her band camp are in the show notes, as well as the album she did with Macy Stewart. Buy it, listen to it. You will thank me, and you will thank Leah Cole for this great, great album. It's also a really great conversation we had. If I didn't mention it and I didn't. She's a celloist, and improviser in Chicago, as well as a composer, and she puts together these amazing albums and music, and it's just, uh, I really uh, was, she's so brilliant, I was quite in, uh, intimidated going in, but um, the great thing is she's totally awesome, and made this was just fun, and uh, I've really enjoyed how this conversation played out. Um, so like I said, in the show notes are all things Leah Cole, as well as all things Matt Dwyer. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, you go to themattdwyer.com and here's something new and exciting. I have been working on pieces to begin a blog, a Substack, which probably won't be together by the time this episode airs, but you could follow me on social media or you go to themattdwyer.com and keep an eye out for it. I little thing about me, uh, as a teen, I started hanging around Second City. I was around a lot of i crazy, iconic people, Amy Sedaris, Chris Farley, Colbert. Anyway, these are the people I grew up around as a teen. And then, of course, I just had this bizarre world that most teenagers from the suburbs of Chicago don't have. So I've been piecing together stories and Things about the people, some famous, some hoodlums. Uh, I lived with a junkie blues guitarist for a while at 19. <laughs> so, uh, And the blog will be these stories on the substacks. Um, so I will hopefully have a link to that very soon. But I wanted to hip you to it because it's if you want, you go to com. You can follow me on social media or the Conversations with Dwyer uh, Instagram And know when these things come. And also another thing I did that I'm very proud of, and I mentioned Macy Stewart, her her band, Om, is on. I produced and curated an album with Sub Pop and filmmaker Adam McKay called The 11th Hour Songs for Climate Justice. 100% of the proceeds of that album go to the Climate Emergency Fund. And the Climate Emergency Fund funds activists and work against to, to fight climate change and spread awareness. And it's a great organization. And I'm insanely proud that I was able to put that together, to use the resources that I have made from this podcast and use it for good, other than my usual ego self pat myself on the back stuff. So all these things are, you get links to this is on in the show notes and at themattdweire.com. Which is also in the show notes And the website that I keep plugging Was built by my partner Kelly R. Dwyer And her website is in the links And she could make you a website So, there Website, website, website um, As I mentioned This is just an incredible episode um, I hope uh, you go listen to Leah Cole's music I hope you become a fan of Leah Cole's music And I hope you hunt down my Soon to be Substack. I think that's it. I feel like this is a short intro, which is good for you because you don't have to listen to me. But anyway, enjoy this very uh, great conversation with Leah Cole. I read that you said something about it being, or like playing classical is very athletic, which never crossed my mind, but a lot of things haven't crossed my mind. But I'm curious, like that's an interesting statement to me.
1: Yeah. I think when I say that, I mean more sort of it's spiritually athletic or um, like the, the, the practice of it is more like being an athlete. You have to like, you know, do the same routine every day in order to be a certain kind of virtuosic. Um, but also, yes, literally, uh, it's hard on your body, you know, like I have very strange, uh, uneven back muscles because I played the cello. Um, but yeah, i more, i more mean like, you know, five hours in a, in a little room by yourself seems somehow
0: similar to like whatever basketball players do, you know? Right. When you spend five hours in a room by yourself, which is how do you feel the moment you step out of that room?
1: Um, well, I don't do that anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in school, I don't know, there is a certain kind of, a sense of accomplishment or like, um, productivity that I do. I do enjoy, like, or I did enjoy, you know, you go into the room and you're like, I know, I know the routine I'm going to do. And this routine is going to get me, you know, to X goal. Um, and that, that feels good. It does. I really like that kind of like clarity that comes with, with that kind of practice.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I I'm associating it to the brief moment in my life where I did like hot yoga, where you had to like for 90 minutes and you couldn't, (laughs) you know, you couldn't split, you had to, or you passed out. You had those choices, finish or pass out. (laughs) I did hot yoga. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I want to hear your hot yoga.
1: (laughs) Well, Uh, I did hot yoga one time and I got one of those like, uh, like passes, you know, when a yoga yoga studio tells you like, you know, you can do all the yoga you want in one week for $30. You know, (laughs) And I was a poor student. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it every day. So I did it the first day. And then I went out for a drink with my partner and I had one beer and I got so drunk. Like I was like stumbling drunk. Like I don't, I don't ever get that drunk. But I think somehow the hot yoga. Yeah. It, I don't know. So I've never done hot yoga ever again.
0: Maybe all hot yoga is just filled with alcoholics who just really don't, or who are on a budget. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but what were you going to say about hot yoga?
0: Oh, just when you get out of doing something so intensely focused, even though 90 minutes is nowhere near five hours, <laughs> it's like, the, you know, there's like a euphoria and uh, the outside world seems hmm. almost surreal
1: I think that that would be true if those 5 hours were in fact uh like deeply focused <laughs> but it's but it's more like I don't know have you ever done like weights or something it's like uh there was a lot of that time that was just like I'm doing a C major scale and then I'm doing a C major arpeggio and then I'm going to do a D major scale, you know. So right. it's not a lot of like intense focus in the way that like contorting your body in a in a one hundred and
0: five <laughs> degree room is. <laughs> um. But you said to like the ritual of it, and I was curious because I read that you your mornings seem very ritualistic, where it's like you have breakfast, you get you have your coffee, and you say prayers, which I've. I don't know why that really fascinated me and interested me. I'm curious to, may I ask, because you may not want to share who, (laughs) who or what it is that you pray to Mm. and what that brings you.
1: Wow. That's a very big question. (laughs) Um.
0: From a small minded man.
1: Um, I, and I'm a small minded woman. Um, (laughs) I am an Orthodox Christian. Um, I converted with my mom when I was 12, so, um, that was a very, like, conscious choice. And, yeah, I've just kept, I've kept in that tradition for, for my life since then. Um, and what does it bring me? Uh, (laughs) I would like to say like, oh, it brings me peace. I am enlightened or something, but that's not, uh, I, f- I, that's not my experience. <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly sometimes it brings me peace and comfort. Right. Um, but I, this is not, this is a, this is an I statement. Right. But I, I feel that, that I have an imperative to be uh intentionally grateful for this for this beautiful and complex life that we have been given every day and that's that's mostly what that practice is um is trying to be grateful and to surrender whatever will i have out of my hands right (laughs) does it work sometimes
0: yeah (laughs) i totally i relate i'm not an orthodox christian or orthodox or christian if those can be separated but i'm i have i meditate every morning and i purposely wake up before the chaos that is my home because i have two kids <laughs> and a dog and so i if i don't have that moment or those moments to set myself on course the day my head and the day cannot be chaos and I am not grateful or aware of the more positive aspects of this existence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I do, I do really love that moment and, and I love all, I love all of it. You know, I love being able to drink my coffee quietly and have my cat sort of wander around me. It's, it's, it's really good. But yeah, that moment of prayer is, is really important to me.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you, and if I'm belaboring this, you can tell me to fuck off <laughs> in your, but like is, do you converse or do you have a set of prayers?
1: Um, well, Orthodoxy is a very Orthodox Christianity is a very, uh, ritualistic tradition. It's a very, um, it's very specific for someone who is interested in nuance and complexity. It, it is a very specific tradition. Um, so I do say set prayers, um, which I've now memorized and their prayers that I've said for many years, I think that there is something like speaking of, of tradition, there is something really potentially transformative about having a structure um, because you're not, I don't know. A, a lot of my extended family is uh, evangelical Christian and the, that style of prayer is very much like, Hey God, this is what I'm feeling now. Um, and I, I, this is not a judgment on that, but I, but I do feel like sometimes having a structure that you, that transforms in you rather than that you transform the structure is really, can be really wonderful. Um, there are things that I learn about my own faith or my own mental state or my own spiritual state, because I'm saying the same thing every day, mm-hmm. um, that's that's really wonderful. I don't know if the thing that I just said was a sentence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll have a lot of those myself. But I feel like there's even on a scientific level, like the the structure of it, even like meditation. It's kind of proven that not kind of it is proven. <laughs> that's, that's my Midwestern seeping out my kind of <laughs> sort of, but uh, um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but like it, the brain reacts to such things and, and do you, but do you find this ritual and your music as, are they intertwined?
1: Yes, they are. Um, it's hard to say exactly how, um, I, I'm very interested in time and, and sort of slow transformation this is, this is just maybe one aspect that I'll, that I'll point to. Um, but in the Orthodox tradition, not only do you say, for example, the same morning prayers every day, but there's also a cycle of the year that we go through and we do the same services with the same hymns every year, and it's a circle, but in fact it's a little bit of a spiral. Um, not, that the, not that we're like reaching towards progress in some kind of like... <laughs> Uh, manifest destiny way, but, but that we are, we are transforming together as a community in this tradition. That's, that's circular spiral spiral or <laughs> what's the <laughs> word for be, for being a
0: spiral spiral. Um, we'll say spiral.
1: Spiral. And, and I feel like art making is similar for me. Um, I'm, I'm circling around the same themes. I'm circling around the same ideas or, or interests or, um, you know, the same selfhood, but that is, I feel slowly transforming throughout my life. Um, I don't know. I I think that there are a lot of ways that I'm affected by being in this tradition and having grown up in this tradition. Um, The music also, well, well, like literally the music of, of this worship is, is, very, very old and very beautiful. Um, and learning music in an oral tradition is I think kind of a rare experience for, you know, white Americans, maybe I should say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do, I do also feel really grateful for that musical connection. Um, you know, learning Byzantine chant, learning Russian polyphony, um, and having those things be connected, not just well not to nothing but but actually to to worship right
0: Um, do you because you excuse me you said spiraling around the same themes and that made me think of like i often do the same creatively and when artists do that are we looking what are we looking for are we looking for some sort of resolve like i feel like to a degree, I'm looking for self and resolve of whatever trauma, past answers. Does, I don't is I hope that's not too like abstract. But do you feel like you're searching and for answers within these themes that that may go deeper? If that makes sense, mm, mm.
1: um, I don't. I don't know that there are answers. So, and which is maybe a funny thing to say coming from someone who's talking about their highly dogmatic. Spiritual <laughs> tradition. Um, but I, I, I relish complexity and, and um, paradox. And I think that, yeah, maybe the thing that I'm trying to do is like sit in that. And I think art Making or especially experimental art making, really can do that. You can really sit in, like, um, (laughs) yeah, all all of the. This is the problem with with recorded interviews that you're like, oh, that's fine. uh, I'm just moving my hands. Yeah, Um, but also, and I so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't don't feel like there's an answer that I can that I'm going to reach, and in fact, like that the reaching is the is the work. Like that's, to feel like I'm reaching something that actually can't be reached is, is the thing that I hope to always be sitting in.
0: Yeah. And, and I believe you said this in one of the things I read that sort of you're creating music, it's feelings and emotions and thoughts that you can't actually articulate, which is if that makes sense. I hope I'm not fucking up what you, (laughs) forgive my F bombs, but uh, which is what I like about or why I'm drawn to music is I can feel something that I can't, it's like on another plane or or spiritual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like can be quite mundane, which I think I'm, I'm really interested in how those things interact, you know, like the, the, I love hanging out with other musicians or other like sound interested people because every sound is interesting. You know, it's so nice to be like sitting in the park with someone and have them be like, do you hear that bird? Yeah. Like that we can't talk because there's a bird or there's a weird sounding car or there's you know, like, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> like, uh, yes, I do feel like music can reach this wonderful, profound place. And also it can like, uh, heighten or put in color the the totally mundane sounds that are around us that's that's
0: really a thing that i love is that what you're striving for or part of what you're striving for with your music when you intrigate i didn't get the word intro jesus christ mash up those things we'll put it in it's very simple inter- integrate i don't inter- know integrate. What, inter- integrate. integrate oh my goodness you ever have that moment where your tongue yeah, its just totally. like your tongue it's like it, it, doesn't. it, it has, doesn't have a cramp but it's going not the today
1: it's very it's a very complex thing <laughs> i have a couple friends with babies now and it's so fun to just watch them be like and the, 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 you know like just you got to figure it out yeah it's a
0: long, time. It's a long time i'm watching that with my three-year-old <laughs> Um, oh, that's exciting! Is that but is that why you intrigate... God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> this, like the the sounds scapes of that in, intertwine with your music. The radio, the birds. The, is that what you're sort of going after with, or a part of it? Yes, that's certainly part of it.
1: Yeah, so that? Of it. Um, yeah that those those sounds are also important and interesting. Um, I think there is also an aspect of like, of wanting to, wanting the sound to be in a place, um, and in a time and wanting to sort of very obviously acknowledge that, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm singing and, and there's birds behind me cause I'm sitting in my backyard or, uh, you know, this radio is playing and it's November 2nd in Seattle, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> because we so often make recordings in a void, you know, it's about layering, uh, you know, layering a bunch, of, as I do many days, layering a bunch of cello and having it sound like it's a cello choir. And, and it's just about that sound instead of like me as a human in my room with my cello and whatever sound is around me. Um, so yeah, it, it's about acknowledging those sounds, but also acknowledging those people and places and, experiences maybe
0: yeah it's i don't know why but like listening to your music recently and hearing just something as simple as radio static and finding comfort and nostalgia and like just that moment alone takes me to a different a thousand different places. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's your intention or what, but <laughs> because but I used to, as a kid, I just used to sit by the radio and like, same and get lost in these worlds that were not the hellish home that I
1: had. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it's a special sound and a, and a very special sort of feeling of seeking, that i also had as a as a young kid like i'm looking for this one song that i heard one time on the radio and i'm gonna go to alice 97.3 san francisco and like see if they play that song
0: yeah Uh, san francisco must have been a great because i grew up in chicago oh nice uh i just moved back to the midwest from 21 years in los angeles
1: and oh, wow. Welcome you, back.
0: Thank you. Do yourself a favor. Don't spend two decades plus in, a, in Los
1: Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in Los Angeles uh, in March, and I liked it for the first time.
0: It, I, you but were, I don't
1: want to move there.
0: No. I don't drive. Fuck that.
1: <laughs> you were
0: at uh, Zebulon, correct? Yes. Yeah. I wanted to go to that show. I think I was just we were just packing up or something. Mm. Moving I've, is a lot yeah um and i may i wanted and i'm a big big fan of macy's as well who i believe you were with if i'm me too me too and (laughs) the album you two did together by the way just everything just as a sidetrack or side note every i'm just absolutely blown away by your work like i have sent it to so many people and you have to listen to this and that's if i'm passionate about something i hear i I like scroll through the index cards in my head and go, who's going to dig this and send it to everybody.
1: Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. It's,
0: it's, I, and it's, I don't, it's just like, it's, I've been listening to it on my walks and it just like, you know, I forget that I'm just like in a different world and I'm just, it's the, I, I'm Mark babbling like an idiot
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you're no you're not i really i appreciate that several people have told me that they've listened that they have listened or do listen regularly to the album on on walks and i i love that i do feel like that yeah that makes sense then you're making your own layer you know yeah of sound unless you have noise canceling headphones in which you know (laughs) (laughs)
0: But I was, my main point that I got way off of is San Francisco radio and the radio that I listened to as a kid, which was Chicago is like, I've, San Francisco has a pretty diverse radio world if I'm not like, and how that may have influenced.
1: I imagine that it does when I was the age that I'm referring to, you know, between like seven and 13, (laughs) uh, I don't think I was looking for diverse radio. I was just like trying to hear the hits (laughs) (laughs) and I don't have anything on CD.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, there's two things I'm dying to ask you, but I guess you said it took a long time for you to think of yourself as an artist. Mm. And I'm wonder what that process was and why did you not think of yourself as an artist?
1: Um, I don't think that in classical music school, they tell you that you're an artist. Um, and maybe that's just my experience, but I, I, because you're playing other people's art and that's what, yeah, that's what the tradition is. I yeah, I didn't have the experience of, of feeling like I had any kind of agency in, in the artistic process. Um, certainly I could play Dvorak in a slightly different way, but even with that, I think all my teachers were directing me very specifically, like, okay, do this bowing and do, like, and swell here and, make this louder and make that softer. And, you know, I I actually wasn't yet at the point where I was making those artistic decisions. There are many great artists who are classical musicians um, who are at the level of making those decisions for themselves. Um, And I, I imagine that they do feel like artists or think of themselves as artists, but I, but when I was in school, yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a lot of agency in that way. And it didn't, in a way it didn't occur to me that I didn't have agency. It was just like, that's not what the tradition was. I was just trying to play Bach good. (laughs) As we all Um, do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, not until I was, until I was an author of something, you know, even if that was even with improvisation that, that, um, not until then did I did I feel like an artist
0: when you were learning classical and working was there a yearning was there a desire to express something more? I don't
1: think that there was explicitly um, I think the joy of that music is like the joy for me of reading a great novel or or, or read playing great music like that, like Haydn's String Quartets, for example, it's, it's like reading into this guy's brain. He made this, this beautiful music and you get to converse with him over the ages, you know? Um, So I think I was just trying to do that, but, but then opening the door or window or whatever it was toward making my own work and improvising, yeah it was like a thing i didn't know i needed i tend not to be like uh, as a as a personal quality i tend not to think about what's wrong with whatever's happening at the moment which you know sometimes is bad <laughs> sometimes i need to change something about my life and i'm like no 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 everything's fine um but yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a like relentless optimist, and I think this played into that a little bit. I was like, no, 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 I'm, this is the thing I'm doing, and it's great. And then when someone was like, "Would you like to improvise?" I was like, "Yes, I would."
0: It would, <laughs> that's how it happened. happened. Um, like, had you improvise?
1: Essentially, I- yeah. I mean, I, I I moved to Chicago, and I I was interested in like something kind of multidisciplinary, maybe something. I don't know, playing with dancers. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, something could be cool, something else could be cool. But it wasn't like, I wanna be an artist or I wanna be an improviser. Um, but I started working with this dance, this dancer who was making a piece and I don't know, that sounded good to me. So I started going to rehearsals with her and, and she was like, just play whatever. And that was, yeah, that was my first experience as an adult improvising. I'd, I'd done it before, like, for fun with my mom or with my mom's friends, but but not ever, like, that. Never, it never occurred to me that that could be part of
0: my, like, serious professional life. How how was that the first time you improvised? Like, with these dancers, did you go off the dancers? Did they go off you? Did you, how did you? I
1: went off the dancers. And yeah, I think both. I actually can't, I I remember the room that I was in and I remember the experience of being like, yeah, I could just play whatever. But I, because I was with dancers and not other musicians, I didn't have a lot of like self-consciousness right? of like, oh, is this cool? Is the sound I'm making cool? They were like, you have a cello. That's so cool. And it's like, "I have a cello. You're just moving around like everyone' was kind of blown away um in, yeah it was a it was a cool moment
0: in hindsight, is it similar to improvising with a musician because you're still working off of somebody? Just to...
1: um it's interesting with dancers to not be speaking the same language uh because there's an element of translation that i think gives a gives a, a certain kind of freedom, you know? Um, especially if you're the only musician responding to dancers, you're like this, i can interpret this however however i want. I'm the only person making sound. Um but i'm hearing my bread my bread go off. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry
0: No, bread's uh, important, god damn it.
1: Yeah. It is important. Thank you. Uh,
0: I I like to make bread myself.
1: Um, I just got back into it. I was making sourdough bread as the whole world was, you know. Right. Um. And, ooh, that one came out nice.
0: Let's see that shit. <laughs> that did come <gasps> out nice.
1: <laughs> um.
0: There's something okay, very cathartic cat about. That.
1: It. It, yeah, it's really um. It's really quite satisfying.
0: I make a lot of pizza dough. That's how I, and then I moved to bread. Do you do sourdough? I don't. the The partner wife person does did, but you know it's um, funny because during the pandemic, people were everyone, and then people were like belittling it, like, "Oh, what are you making sourdough?" And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm expressing myself with bread and dough. So fuck off. Like it <laughs> yeah, was like so on. weird. It became this <laughs> negative, and I'm like, w-, or, or like anything that people took up as a hobby during that time was like yeah people are learning how to be self-sufficient and make their own bread (laughs) all this should be embraced we all
1: have like a reasonable amount of time all of a sudden
0: (laughs) which we should Um, always have
1: we should yeah that was a that was a for all its horrors that
0: was a special part of that moment yeah I've always been kind of a screw off so I've (gasps) had large parts of my life where I just sort of had abundance so so when it happened and i was like oh i can't go anywhere great
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard for me to do that uh artificially like to just be like i'm gonna not work today
0: yeah that's that's
1: really hard for me
0: um it, 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 so it was nice to just <laughs> there's, there's nothing to do yeah there's always something clicking in my head of like you have this to do and you should do this and this, that idea. And don't forget about that. Like there's no full relaxing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's exhaustion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a different one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, to go back to improvisation. Yes. Because I was a theatrical improviser and I talked to Seema about this a little bit, just like, cause she had a background a little bit in, Seema Cunningham in case you Mm -hmm. didn't I'm sure you're probably you know her better than I do obviously (laughs) but how so what was the after the improvisation with the dancers what was the when was did you start improvising with musicians and how did that come about
1: Mm. I I fell in with some sort of new music kids early on uh, being in Chicago um, and uh, you know, some of them were, were n- new music people. And I mean like n- new music with a capital N like contemporary classical Neue musique kind of that kind of music. <laughs> um, and some of them were just in that world. And some of them were also kind of in the free jazz world. Right. Uh, and, yeah, we started, we started improvising together. I think at that point there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, let's just get together and improvise. It wasn't even about playing gigs necessarily. It was like, this is an activity that we can all do together. Uh, which is kind of rare actually now, now in my life to like just get, just get together and play, uh, as you would, you know, let's get a coffee. But yeah, at that point there was a lot of that just like getting together and, 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 and improvising, which felt like a very safe and also like very, very experimental open place to be improvising in. Um, but I think the first people that I, that I did that with were Ryan Packard. I don't know if you know Ryan. I don't. He's a, he lives in Sweden now. Uh, he's a percussionist, wonderful, wonderful percussionist, electro- electronics guy. Uh, and Zach Good, who's a clarinet player who I still play with a lot. Um, but yeah, I had some experiences with them of like doing some improvisation exercises, you know, some of these things where you're like, let's make two sounds in a minute, uh, which are fun. They're really fun. It's, it's fun to like kind of make a structure for yourself and then, and then play with it. But again, these were like, just, we were just meeting. We were just like hanging out and playing our instruments, um, I don't remember the first time that that became a performance thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't long, but yeah, it, it came out of a social situation.
0: I dig that so much. It was, it was cool. And I never, th- that's the first, I feel like I've heard someone, say, like that there are improvisational exercises within music. Cause I've always been under, and I did not want to, you know, I don't know anything. Let's be on But like, you know, there's, with theatrical improvisation, there's games and there's certain structures and rules and blah, 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 But I always was under the impression that improvisational music was as free as it could get and more conversation, uh, conversation, but I never knew that there were exercises that you could participate in.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where these exercises came from, um, but, but they were really helpful in framing like this is mostly about listening. It's not just about like playing licks Um, or, or it's, it's not about what you're playing. It's about how well you're listening to the other people in the room. Um, And that's a nice, that's a good starting point, I think for improvisation. And I wasn't like, I wasn't consciously trying to learn how to do it well, you know, but, but that kind of exercise is really helpful in, in framing the situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's Um, like, in, within th- improvisation th- improvisational theater there's a lot of different schools and approaches mm-hmm. i would say the chicago and second city sort of which is my main core is like make your partner look good listen to them don't make it about yeah. you type of thing and it sounds like it's kind of a similar thing totally that's wild to me and it's chicago <laughs> the fucking best city in the world right it's so great it's so great i want to um, go back to the improvisation but i do i i, I am curious what brought you to chicago who said uh,
1: I did a I I did a master's degree at Roosevelt University. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, I came to study with uh, someone who's in the CSO. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, John Sharp. He's he's a wonderful man. Very nice man.
0: <laughs> and you said you're a Midwesterner at heart, and you lived in New York and San Francisco, so I found that interesting as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I as soon as I moved here, I was like, this is my place. Isn't it wild? This is the, this is the place I've been looking for. Yeah, it's the people. I don't know. Chicago's not a beautiful city,
0: I don't think. Maybe that's
1: a controversial thing to say. How dare the lake you. is beautiful.
0: You but, gotta um, make up for it now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you find not beautiful about Chicago?
1: I just mean in terms of like, you know, I grew up in San Francisco.
0: Oh, I mean it's
1: not you know, it's not northern Italy. It's not like the, the beauty is not the thing about the city. The city is like is a real place with real people in it who are like the most the best people
0: in the world. <laughs> You know, you sound like Nelson Algren and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> Cause he said something like Chicago is, is not the most beautiful woman, but you're, it's like being in love with uh, a, someone who has a broken nose. I'm totally paraphrasing, but you but you'll, <laughs> there'll never be no other. Like I'll have to find yeah. a line. It's a great li- It's from his poem about Chicago.
1: Oh, that's great. But yeah, um, it's, um, there's no bullshit here. I feel yeah, There's a lot of bullshit in the world, and, and Chicago is not a center for bullshit.
0: Yeah, to get one's chops in Chicago, as I did, a lot of people won't sugarcoat it. And sometimes it hurts, and I feel bad for those who may not have been able to get past that, because I feel like sometimes nurturing is a good thing, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for I, sure.
0: But I, and the, 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 I would say there was a, not enough nurturing in the scene I came in, but... You know, if you are dedicated and someone slaps you down, you go, okay, maybe I deserved that. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, because they're not just doing it because, like, that's the culture and
0: it's fun to be an asshole. Yeah. And Chicago will metaphorically, with that wind and cold and things, will slap you down.
1: (laughs) yeah that's true that's true I my experience coming here I'm just speaking of these early improvisation experiences like people were very very open I moved here from New York I had lived there for a couple of years and I love New York I was born in New York uh there's a part of me that will always be a New Yorker um but having people just be like oh you're a cellist like we should play together you know, not like, what are your credentials? Yeah. Who are you? Prove it to me. You know, nobody, nobody was like that. Everyone was like, welcome. Let's yeah. hang out. You know, it was incredible.
0: I really appreciate that about the city. And, and I was thinking about what you said about San Francisco. It's like, yeah, you grew up in San Francisco and really the perfect city. Like visually and weather-wise, it's just, it's perfect.
1: It's quite, it's quite beautiful.
0: And it's a Chicago and that was hard for me to admit, but I used to go there a lot for work and I was like, fuck. Like I was just, I got married there. Yeah. My partner and I went to city hall and that's with uh, Harvey Milk's bust in the background.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful.
0: And then our, I forget, I always forget where we had dinner and then we bopped around the bars of North beach and, like our oh, first dance was extremely t- charming. Yeah. The saloon, we had our first dance at the saloon to some, <laughs> some, uh, what do you call it? Rockabilly dudes playing rebel by Link Ray was our first dance. <laughs> wow. But it was like, did you elope, yeah. Or did you have friends with you? We had some friends. It was like a, but we just planned just a small thing. And then we honeymooned there and you couldn't have really. Perfect. And not to get too detailed. We hadn't. We made our baby there. <laughs> <laughs> Those soaking tubs Wonderful. and liquor will do it to you. There.
1: <laughs> uh, and that's how babies are made.
0: Yeah, that's what I tell my daughter. Well, it Good. was cocktails and a soaking go, tub. If you go
1: to San Francisco. <laughs> um. The
0: imp- I wanted. I got way off course on the improvisation. What? When? When you? was there a process where it clicked or was, cause I'm like, you're such a trained musician. Was it easy to let go and improvise or was there a process of getting there?
1: Mm. I think you asked me earlier if I like was always searching for something else or something I'm paraphrasing, but something like that. Um, I do think that there was, I I do remember that there was the experience improvising that this was more natural than whatever I had been doing before. Wow. Um, yeah, there, there is something about the, the format of classical music that, that had always been really difficult for me. I'm not a great sight reader. Um, there's just a lot of stress in a lot of situations. And... and um, yeah, improvising did feel quite, quite easy, actually. It felt very intuitive. I'm a very intuitive person. It felt like going back to a, a way that I was before. I was stressed about auditions and, <laughs> and sight reading and all of that stuff. Um, certainly, there's self-consciousness that comes into it sometimes. But, but yeah, in general, it feels more just more like how I want to be and how I am naturally. You, that can be a thing that we say about ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I get that, and it's like it's amazing the process it takes to feel who you are creatively or individually as a person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's you go. You have these moments where you're like, I figured it out, and then something <laughs> happens. You go, I didn't know a goddamn thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. I. And then we just <laughs> must admit that it's all a process that we yeah. just will continue until we, um, you know, say goodbye. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so that process. At least.
0: <laughs> then whatever that process is after that. Um, did you feel like when you fell into this improvisation and was there a feeling of arrival and then that uh, of saying, did that have anything to do with you being able to say that you were an artist?
1: Uh, yeah, I think there, there was also the wish, the wish for that before it actually, before the feeling actually came. I think there was, I, it had never occurred to me before. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I want to be an artist. I want to be, wow. I want to be able to say like, this is what my art's about. Um, and I, there were some years of searching for that of like, yeah. What, what does this mean that, that my practice has changed? even now I'm, I'm talking about it like I, it's a practice, but at the time I was like, do I have, a, do I have a practice? People are talking about their practices. Um, yeah. And it took me a while to. And it's still taking me a while <laughs> <laughs> to figure out what that, what that is.
0: It makes yeah. me wonder, and I don't know if this is a simple question, but like what makes an artist Different than other people is it that other people never found their art, or because I feel like we're chipping away at something, we're looking for something, or we're—I don't know what it is. Do you have an answer to that?
1: I do think and believe very strongly that everyone is creative. I hate when people say I'm not a creative person. That's I not true. You're a human. Um, I think that people who don't. have a creative outlet or, or don't acknowledge that their creative creative outlet is a creative outlet. We were talking about bread, for example. Like, exactly. There are so many things that are creative, that are artistic. Um, I think that's really sad um, when pe- when people aren't acknowledging that or it's been shut down at an early age or, you know, people are like, I'm not musical. It's yeah, that's very, that's very sad to me. I, I do think that like making a life, uh, as an artist that or following a vocation as an artist is a, is a specific way of processing the world. Like that you want to make things out of your experience. Uh, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't believe in this sort of artists as completely separate from everyone else idea. And I, I know that's not what you're saying,
0: but no, I understand. Yeah. Cause as you say that, I think of like, and you've touched on it of, people I think people are conditioned away from being creative especially in this country and it's yeah. seen as foolish and and you know or do you, it's something you could do as a youngster you're dreaming to be an artist but then grow up and get a job type of bullshit and it's yeah like, yeah and if you're an artist or if once you go down that road there ain't no turning back man
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's, yeah and of course the economic situation yeah. surrounding art uh mm yeah, people still think about the starving artist, and that's how you're, that's how you're supposed to be because my partner and I were just talking last night about how this idea that like, if you're doing something good, culturally, you shouldn't be paid very much. Like if you're a teacher, if you're, if you're an artist, if you're, if you're working for a nonprofit, like you should automatically be making less money. And that's just kind of a cultural understanding that we have. Um, So that doesn't
0: help either to make people feel like they should be creative. As someone who just moved and looking for work, I would see cops starting, like, just like looking for job stuff, cops, $75,000 starting. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's bullshit. I mean, cops, right? I don't need to say much more, do I?
1: (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs)
0: And it's like people value creative, like I, this is one of the reasons I fled Los Angeles is the there's fame and money. Mm-hmm. The gatekeepers made that what is success. And I'm like, that's not success. If you're making garbage, which let's be frank, Hollywood is pretty good at. <laughs> yeah. Like, but making tons of money, you can't fool yourself and say like, I'm successful. To me, you can't say you're successful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of noise around around uh, quote-unquote
0: successful creativity. Yeah. And a lot of... <laughs> and it's mind clutter because I got caught up in it and was like, what, I'm not doing this and that. And I'm like, you don't pursue fucking writing for a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't... How do you approach one of your compositions? Cause I, I don't know if that's a simple question or even something you can answer, but I listen to your music and I literally just marvel. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm a simple person or, or just not studied in that, but I just, I really am just like fascinated. I'm like, how does this all come together? And I don't even know if that's something you can answer or want to answer.
1: Um, I, I definitely can. It's all improvisation, really. I'll start with that um, or I should say that like the the initial material is always improvisation. Um, I sometimes <laughs> feel bad about that, <laughs> like I should be more of a composer. I think my bio says that I'm a composer, which is hilarious, but you know sometimes people respect that, and then you need respect um, <laughs> But but yeah, everything is everything is improvised. Everything is me in my studio playing around and then liking something and recording it. And then the composition process comes with with the recording process. You know, in in a DAW moving bits of things around and putting and processing them and cutting them up and um that's that's the composition process. So I so I I take these things that I've improvised
0: and then collage them together it's uh, i don't i'm speechless really and even <laughs> cody i emailed with cody right before the i talked to you and he said you're less vi- cody he's great i've been dealing with him for a couple of years now i love him but he called you a visionary oh and i agreed but i not to him because i had to get to talk to you and i didn't respond to the email. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yeah, like, and you know, it's funny because before I heard your music, I was kind of like searching for something. You know how you have these moments where you're like, I need something. I don't know what it is. And then you, Mm -hmm. and then it comes to you and that's how I felt. And I was like, this is exactly what I needed. And to get something to get lost in and just, you know, be the soundtrack for this moment of my life.
1: Wow. I'm so glad I'm Yeah. To have been the conduit for that. <laughs> and <laughs> really. You,
0: and like you were saying, and, and I think your music brought this to a higher realization of, of you know, I lived in Los Angeles where there's always traffic sounds and helicopters. The helicopters there are, are so many helicopters. It's insane. And we moved to St. Paul and my neighborhood mm-hmm. is quiet and I can hear birds again and I can hear little kids off in this distance and like and it's like oh there's like a piece to it but also your music sort of has been this other layer as you said and it's kind of it's just it's, so it's been this gift added gift to my new world
1: i'm i'm really glad yeah i i this process is it's that i'm doing is really quite intuitive and the, and i in a way i don't want to give myself too much credit for it Cause I, I feel like a lot of it is just, uh, I don't know, moving in the dark.
0: That's an interesting way of putting it. I like that. I mean, I'm saying I like that. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like every, when you embark on any creative, even this, I was thinking about it before I started talking to you. It was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> And
1: you know, I got that sense from your website that you're really, that it's really about having conversations. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Um,
0: and thank you for looking at my that website. Vibe. <laughs> I don't put a picture on my website of me cause I don't want to scare anybody off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like the, the cartoon of you. It's That's you. Yeah.
0: Is there a cartoon on it? I gotta look at my website.
1: <laughs> and it's not a cartoon. Oh, like a, Oh, yes. Like a yeah, that's it's that's very yeah. That
0: is that is a drawing of me. I was thinking of a caricature a friend of mine did of me years ago, and I, which I almost used instead of that. But I look kind of like uh, Peter Laurie, oh. which is a good thing. I'm a fan, but
1: I've never I've never had that done. Like a, Like you know, on a trip to Europe, I've never.
0: Have anyone make a cartoon of me, caricature? Well, head down to Michigan Avenue and get one tonight. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of what they would do. Sometimes they're like over, like they're, like some did, one did a picture of my friend and I'm like, no offense, but you are not that handsome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, What part of Chicago do you live in? I live in Humboldt Park. Oh, right on. I lived, Yeah. yeah. I missed, I was glad to come back to the Midwest. I always felt like I never felt settled anywhere. I felt it in Chicago, but I knew I couldn't go back to Chicago. And we just kind of randomly picked this.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool.
0: It was terrifying.
1: (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure it was, but that's, that's cool to just, to just go for it.
0: Yeah. I ain't no spring chicken either, and I got kids, so it wasn't like the.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, when no, I, was... I, I think the Twin
1: Cities are really, really lovely.
0: Do you get up here and play much?
1: I I haven't yet. No, um, touring touring solo is kind of new to me, but I'd like to.
0: Do you when you go to, and you're just by yourself? Y- yeah. i mean i've seen some videos i'm dying to see you play
1: (laughs) yeah i'd really i would really like to get up to the twin cities i'd like to do you know the thing that you're supposed to do when you put out an album which is like go to the various places that you that you can and play it live um i did that on the west coast
0: with with macy how did which was nice how did the album with macy come about which is also brilliant Two brilliant, insanely brilliant people.
1: <laughs> Macy is is wonderful. I like to think, or or my experience of playing with Macy is that we have very similar musical brains and very different training, um, ah. which is which is fun. Um, but yeah, that album it's it's all live improvisations, not not live in performance, but just um, we went to a venue. Have you ever been to the comfort station in Chicago? No. So this tiny little venue that sounds great and it's on like a traffic circle. <laughs> That's so crazy. It sounds really great inside. And also there's like traffic sounds. Um, and we wanted to make a, a live album there. So our friend Nick Brosty brought some microphones and we just recorded for, I don't know, six hours or something and chose
0: what we liked. and Six hours straight?
1: Uh, yeah, did we stopped for a hamburger in the middle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the name of the album. Just to throw <laughs> there
1: is a there is a song for soft serve. Yes, uh, one one of the tracks is called "Song for Soft Serve," which is not because we got soft serve; it's because we wanted soft serve.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, you Macy and Seema are three Chicago artists. I mean, there's a plethora of Chicago artists that blow my minds, but I just like, I, I hate the expression next level, but there's just something so otherworldly going on. I, I don't know what how to put it, it's, but it's, it's just, a
1: special thing. I do think that it's something about this openness because it's not like, I mean, yes, everyone in Chicago is way more amazing than everyone else in the world. Ha ha ha. Um, but, but I do think that this, this like, um, cultivation of of i can only think of the world's word sweetness like I, I think that we need sweetness to to grow um and i think chicago is very supportive maybe supportive is the word that i should use like the, that there's a lot of support here and so people can be themselves and then they get to be better artists because everyone's a better artist when they're themselves
0: yeah. <laughs> you know? Some And something I feel like that is not easily taught or learned. Yeah. Self, the importance of self. Yeah, totally. And, and plus it's like it's a working class city at its core, and but that respects art. I mean, you think yeah. about like things like Steppenwolf and Second City. The, well, Se- Second City was kind of a University of Chicago thing, but it still was on a working class level and for working class people and that's like a yeah yeah that's that's it that adds a different attitude to the approach i think the overall psyche of the city when it comes to art yeah so i end another podcast with saying chicago is the best (laughs) (laughs) wonderful um i want to Thank you so much for your, you have no idea how I was almost quite honestly, uh, t- scared and intimidated because you're so brilliant <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to just bumble and sound like a dope. And I, and at times I achieved that to be quite honest.
1: I, I don't agree with you. And I, as a person who, uh, has trouble being articulate, I appreciate
0: with me. Oh, you were great. I loved everything <laughs> you had to say. And I just, and I knew we'd be best friends.
1: <laughs> you were right.